Happy Startup School podcast. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at thehappystartupschool.com or follow us on Twitter at Happy Startups. Hey, okay, it is Friday, it is July, it is raining, and it's shit. Um, this is another Happy Startup School Swearing podcast. Already. Yeah, hopefully we're not going to be caught up on the swearometer by iTunes. But anyway, it's me, Carlos, and it's... Lawrence. <laughs> hey, we got that down to T. Um, so today we, uh, we found this blog post over the, on Medium. I think, when was it? It must be published a week or so ago. Yeah, actually, it's dated December 2012, so we only found it over the past couple of weeks. But it's really interesting blog post on Medium by Ev Williams called "Formula for Entrepreneurial Success." Um, and yeah, just five points that we thought were quite interesting and be worth talking about. So yeah, kick it off, Lawrence. Um, so yeah, for those of you who don't know, Ev Williams was the guy, one of the founders of Twitter, and now behind Medium. So I think he's probably. Um, well, got a lot of awareness on the platform, hence he, because he founded it. And so in this post, really, he's just outlined sort of five key things that he thinks helps to make great entrepreneurs and great businesses, really. Um, so the first one was work with amazing people. So he says, don't compromise on who you choose to found your company with and hire. Do not put up with egocentric personalities or downer attitudes. So what do we think about that? Is that well, something that downer we... attitudes is definitely something you don't want to deal with. Um, it was quite interesting today. We uh, we did a lean coffee event at the studio, uh, and one of the things that cropped up in our discussions, one of the topics was uh, when to hire someone. And mm-hmm. then we sort of branched off, wandered off on how to hire and what you look for. And I think the general consensus was to hire for attitudes, not skills. And I think that's something that we've always talked about because it's really about people who believe in what you're doing who you get on with, who got the spark and the energy and the drive to do stuff rather than just you know, have the basic skills. Because if they don't have the personality to suit the rest of your team, then it's a good chance it just puts a downer on everyone else and demotivates the most of the team. Yeah, I was chatting to a couple of graduates who came along, um, which was nice to see because they want to find out more about the startup world. Um, but they were saying that a lot of their friends and peers are kind of going for the jobs at the big consultancy firms or to the city on the the milk round you know where companies basically come to recruit graduates into their graduate programs and they were saying that you know all the kind of um, uh, applications they've been doing are all around skills and doing these tests and it's very kind of driven by the data they give across not the kind of human side of their personality really so coming to the startup world you hear this stuff around you know culture is important attitude is important and maybe skills are things that you can acquire which I think is quite refreshing for those kind of people. Um, and as we know, you know, technology changes weekly, so you can't ever think that you know everything. So you need to be able to adapt and to learn new skills. So if you ever think that you've got the skills required for any job, then you can quickly kind of uh, shot in the foot, I think. Yeah, it's a tricky thing, that whole thing about compromising um, or not compromising, particularly if you're a star, because you don't have much money to, <laughs> to, to pay people. Uh, particularly the best people, but I think it's that's where you need to be a bit more clever. I think you, maybe you have to slow down if you don't find the right person. Yeah, I think it's also, I mean, we, we meet a lot of people who say hire 
better than yourself. So hire people who are better than you at all the things that you can um, delegate. And I think uh, one of the things you've got to realize quite early on as a founder particularly is like where your strengths lie. So what are the good things that you're good at and that you bring to the table that maybe you can do better than anyone else, but which ones, which kind of um, activities and skills don't you have that you can then basically pass on to someone else who can do it way better than you. So whether it's, you know, the finance side, whether it's design, development, whatever it might be, something that maybe you'll get it good enough at the beginning that soon you pretty much want to give that to someone who can do it better. Yeah, I think it's outsourcing the stuff that you don't really get any energy or enthusiasm for. So the more you can spend in flow, and everyone in your team can spend in flow, the thing the more productive and effective you probably will be. This kind of links on to the second point that Ev makes, which is take on big challenges. So I think, I mean, one thing we found is from both our own companies and, and from working with other uh, startups is if you can really sell the vision of what you're trying to do and the change you're trying to make, it makes it a lot easier to recruit people on board, both you know to hire and also in terms of uh, building a customer base. But um, I think the challenge is, like Carlos said at the beginning with startups, is like you don't have much money. So how can you basically get someone to buy into what you're doing without loads of funding and if you've got the luxury of having funding early on then you don't have that challenge as much but equally um, like most people particularly in the UK you're having to bootstrap you're having to find ways to make it work so you're kind of trying to sell the vision both to yourself and any stakeholders uh, to be able to get them on board yeah it's also you know thinking of things that are really interesting and exciting to tackle or selling the, the story I mean, for us when we were running a startup studio, or basically it was an agency model, we didn't really have a story that was incredibly compelling. Uh, and it's kind of a contrast to what it's like now with a happy startup school where everyone seems to really get it and really understand what we're trying to do and actually bought into it. And so many people have heard of us compared to what we were like when we were just doing agency work. Yeah, and I think it's starting with why, really. Um, you know, we talk a lot about your mission when you start out and separating that from the, the kind of product or the service you're building. Um, and I think for that reason, really, people are more interested in stories. They're more interested in, um, you know, how the world can look different with your your product out there. And so I think that's probably why the Happy Startup School is the thing has taken off is that it's, um, it's a positive view of the world. And I think um, it's not just about technology. It's about something bigger. And I think it's trying to do something bigger than yourself. And I think Ev Williams says, you know, not only are these big challenges kind of um, scary to do, they're actually things that are really rewarding if you do get there. So it kind of brings the best talent with you because people want to work on things that are challenging rather than things that are easy. Yeah, I think also things that benefit other people and people can relate to. As a, I'm just thinking, you know, as an agency how do you sell that to other people as a, as a concept, as an, as an exciting idea? It's like, yeah. yeah, we build websites. Cool. What's that? What, you know, what, is it, what, what does that mean to me if you're listening to that kind of thing? But if you say we're trying to make business better, we're trying to empower people, make people more, more happy in their lives as well as in their business life, that I think is something that people can get on with and with a message. Um, yeah. So it, it means that some businesses it's hard to, to, to find out what that value is to everyone else. So if, if you're a well I think whatever business you run is trying to look at the why like Lauren said rather than the what and how you can spin that why into something that more people can get on board with yeah I just read a great book called Bold um, can't remember the guy's name but he's behind SpaceX the sort of um, incentive prize for 
um, space, going to space, private space uh, travel. And um, yeah, it's just an interesting book in terms of a framework for getting big ideas out there and actually working on these big challenges. And um, I think the challenge, the challenge with big challenges, is it kind of scares people off if it feels like too big a thing. Yeah. So it's how you can break that, break down those big challenges, get support, and still, um, you know, actually get going rather than just thinking it's too big to take on. I did this workshop just last night about um, taking forward a big idea, and I think the key thing that came out of that was really, if you're going to do a big idea, it needs to be something that you really believe in. Uh, I think there's there's big challenges, and there's big challenges that you have the stomach and the passion to, to accomplish. So like um, curing cancer, I'd love to take on that challenge, but I have no skills or strengths or uh, that passion for it because uh, that isn't my thing. So, But if you think with some of these things, looking inwards, what is it that drives you, what are the things that make you angry, what are the things are you passionate about, then you'll find the big challenges that you want to take on. Yeah, and thinking like long-term as well, what would you want to spend the next 10 years on? Not just like, oh, this looks like a fun thing to work on. Yeah. Or, you know, This looks like a great opportunity to make a bit of money and have a bit of fun, but I always have ideas for startups or products and quite quickly kind of rule most of them out on the basis that I wouldn't want to spend more than 10 months on it, never mind <laughs> 10 years. Um, not because I don't think it's a good thing to do, just me personally, it doesn't drive me. Um, maybe I'll pass that on to someone else I think can can do it better, but... I think when you start to realise how tough it is to run a startup, you realise that you only want to work on something that you really believe in because it's yeah. going to be even harder if you don't. And it'll certainly be harder to get everyone else on board if you're not really passionate about it. There's lots of things to do and uh, focus is key. Oh, <laughs> nice segue. We're getting good at this uh, kind of you know nice lead into things or not. Uh, so number three is focus. So something we talk about a lot, we've mentioned in blog posts before, but... Ev Williams basically say, says, say no to most things, features, people, partnerships, coffees, projects. And I think the trouble with this is, as he's put here, it's often hard to know which is the right one to say yes to and which one's the right one to say no to. Um, it's not as clear cut as you might think. It's often easy to say no to things that seem like they won't be fun or something you don't want to work on. But it's really hard to say no to things that look like they might be fun and really good to work on and so I suppose the more um, your time becomes precious the more um, your network builds the more popular you get the more you're going to have to say no to more and more things really mm. so I think how you keep um, focused not get distracted when you've got all these things that look great on the table well I think, yes, I think a prime example for me at the moment is it's it's trying to know you know should you write a blog post should you do a podcast should you be editing a podcast should you be building something um, and that comes down ultimately to having some kind of plan. We all know that you can't plan everything for the future, but mm. having a list of priorities. Um, I was talking to my wife actually last night, and I was saying, oh, my God, I don't know what to do next. On a podcast. On a podcast, of course, yes. No, we were periscoping at the same time <laughs> while in bed with our pyjamas on. Uh, but it was this whole thing, that, what do I do next? I don't know what, what should be done next. And she said basically... Do what you do best, which is just organize your thing and prioritize it and just put and do one thing at a time. And that's the thing. It's just yeah. trying to do that one thing at a time and not trying to do too many things. But before that, just prioritizing stuff. What what is really ultimately important? Yeah, I think it comes down to obviously you're more like <clears throat> I would say organized and uh, great at sort of getting things done more than I am. So I would tend to start things and 
kind of then not worry so much about how they're actually going to get done or maybe things might slip through the net. <clears throat> so I think it's, you need that kind of, the vision and the ideas at the beginning, then you also need the kind of strategy, I suppose, and the plan to kind of then say, actually, how are we going to make this happen? How, how does this, if we say yes to this, what does that mean in the bigger picture, really? Because um, I think we say yes to a lot of things and sometimes yeah. we wish we hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's difficult because at the same time, you can't, uh, there's, there's also the, to be open to opportunities. You've you got to kind of be flexible sometimes <laughs> because there's, there are opportunities that are come worth taking. And I think the rule really for me that comes around to this is like you've got a plan, but mm. you don't have to stick to the plan yeah. and you have to trust your gut. So if you want to get anything done, you've got to have a list of stuff to do, but be flexible with that list. Yeah. I was chatting to a guy the other day called Andy Swan. He's, he's, um, he's started this project called The Work Project, I think, or I Am The Work Project. And he basically has taken a year out to explore the idea of work and what work means. <laughs> I'd love to take a year out. <laughs> yeah. But actually now this is, his, this is just what he does. He's coming to the end of the year and he's realized actually this is just what I do now, which is basically um, just a, sort of react, really, let life happen and see where it takes me. So he's doing, he's an extra in Downton Abbey and he's doing stuff with big companies and it sounds like every week is really interesting and different. Um, but he's pretty much said yes to everything yeah. until his, his time runs out. See, that would scare me shitless. Um, I think it's a great attitude. I think it's another 10p in the... Huh? Huh? <laughs> another 10p in the swear, the iTunes swear jar. Um, but it, it's, I think it's great to be have the attitude where you can kind of trust... I was going to say trust in fate, but that sounds a bit wanky. I think it's... it's another 50p. <laughs> another 50p in there now. But trusting in the... Yeah, not being too hung up about what's going to happen next. I'm like, I'm very much of a warrior, thinking, all right, I've got to know what's going to be around the corner. But with that, you know, that's the kind of the planning side in me. But at the same time, um, you got to, you, know, you never know what's around the corner, <clears throat> and you never know what's going to happen next. So yeah. you can't really over uh, over worry. I'm going to add to the um, the the swearometer at the moment. There's a book called Fuck It, um, or a series of books called Fuck It, written by a guy called John Parkin and he calls it the new spiritual way, which is basically letting life happen. And there's different chapters. So, zen. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. So he talks a lot about, yeah, kind of Eastern philosophy. But yeah, really it is kind of just don't worry. Just yeah. get on with it and just let life happen. Yeah. And all that worry will be uh, not very helpful in the long term. Yeah, like who's going to wash the dishes? And, and, you know, if you leave that peanut bar out there, it's going to go dry. You can't be a control freak and be happy. <laughs> It's a blog post. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> All right, that's another one. Yeah. Um, which, nice segue yeah, to... Yeah, you're going to look after yourself. Take care of yourself. Don't worry. Um, number four from Ev is... Bobby McFerrin has a lot to answer for. For those of you who don't know Bobby McFerrin, you're probably uh, younger than us. <laughs> um, look it up. Google it. Uh, take care of yourself, which kind of it sounds obvious. Yeah. Um, but it's easy to forget it's easy to forget and I think a lot of startup founders think that they need to um, not eat or eat ramen noodles or not sleep not sleep that's a big thing you think you need to work you know, pull out 18 hour days every single day just yeah. to get stuff done it's kind of like it's a uh, you know, something you have to, it's like you, you, know, you get brownie points for, for yeah. not sleeping or for working it's too like much kudos yeah. I eat shit and I sleep I hardly sleep and that's because I'm a hardcore founder yeah, but um, 
you know, we've said this from day one, really, and a lot of people always thought, oh, you guys just want to help people build lifestyle businesses because yeah. lifestyle businesses take time out of work and yeah. do other things and have families and have a life outside of the work they do. But I think there's loads of evidence to point, pointing to it that if you look after yourself, you're going to be a better entrepreneur. And um, again, another great book called Winning Without Losing, a guy called Martin Bjergegaard, I don't know if I get his name right, <laughs> came to our summer camp last year and told us his story. Um, he's a serial entrepreneur, but um, understands that actually, and he's interviewed loads of entrepreneurs around the world, highly successful, but equally have taken time out to look after themselves. And they all say the same thing. When I'm on my surfboard, when I'm walking up a mountain, when I'm doing the thing I love, I'm getting great ideas and then I go back to the business and then I'm clearer and I can make better decisions. Um, and I think... Often it feels like you're you're kind of copping out by taking time off work to some people. But yeah. it's also just maintenance. You know, I don't know if any of you drive, um, and if you don't look after your car and you push it too hard, it will run into the ground. Especially the way you drive. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, that's I, not a joke. I, <laughs> I have a just ask Fiona. An instinctive Fiona. way to drive. I think Fiona said she'd never get in a car with you ever again. <laughs> it's because yeah, she she just doesn't understand the art that is my driving. But, um, Especially in the Alps at one in the morning. <laughs> oh, then you start. <laughs> yes. the, hopefully the police aren't listening to that. But yeah, if you don't look after your body, your body is, is to a certain tank a machine. And if you don't give it, look after it and maintain it, it will break down. And essentially, what's going to happen to your business when you're <laughs> sick in bed, not being able to move? So, yeah. Yeah, taking care of yourself. It's uh, yeah, future-proofing yourself. Sound a bit like um, uh, Jerry Springer. Yay! You know? <laughs> Look after yourself, people. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, one thing we try to do at our, event, our events is bring a bit of well-being and, and kind of, you know, uh, what else would you call it? I don't know. Just basically good life skills to what we do. So having a bit of yoga, mindfulness, lots of nature, lots of time out, um, and yeah, getting the good stuff. I've been a major believer of healthy mind, healthy body. Uh, it's like you're, you know, even just looking at the biology biology of it. If if you're if you're not eating right and your blood sugar levels are down, then you're not going to think straight. And if you're not mm. thinking straight, you're not going to do your best work. And if you're not going to do your best work, you're not going to make any money, and you're not going to eat. And it goes round. Yeah. <laughs> the cycle will go round and round. So, yeah, it it makes sense to have that balance. And it's really important that people around you eat well. Exactly. <laughs> Which yes. leads us on to number five. Love those close to you. Um, it's getting a bit deep now. But um, I think there's a great line here from Ev Williams which basically says, failure of your company is not failure in life. Failure in your relationships is deep. Yes. Well, I think this is I think this kind of leads down to what your personal values are. But I reckon we're all social animals. There's a reason why we live in cities or towns or stay with families, um, you know, most of us crave having people around us, having friends, having close relationships, and they're the kind of things that are going to keep get us through the hard times because the, hopefully there are people around you who won't judge you on, on your failures or they're the people who will catch you when you fall. And mm. if you don't have those people around, then it's going to be harder for you to get back up. But I think there's, there's this whole thing about you've got to be this stoic entrepreneur. You can just, like, you've got basically a skin of steel that nothing will touch you will get knocked down you get back up and knock knocked down to get knocked back up but I don't think all of us are like that there are few and far between no I think you need the support of friends and family at some point um, 
There's a word that a guy called Ian Dowie mentioned, which made me laugh <laughs> as well as giggling. Um, which he got into the English dictionary. It's called bounce. Now, explain bounce. who Ian Dowie is to people who don't listen, who don't watch football, and who aren't English. I think to um, to describe him as a footballer would be um, I don't know, probably a bit of an overstatement. Um, yeah, he was a footballer, but not a very good one. Um, but he coined the phrase bounce back ability, which he got in the English dictionary because he used it in on Soccer AM. So I think every entrepreneur needs bounce back ability when yes. they're thinking of failure. It doesn't mean failure in life, certainly. But, Definitely, um, bounce back ability. Uh, and that comes from the support of your network of people around you. I think that isn't just about family as well. It's, yeah. I think in terms of relationships, it's people you work with, yeah. the business relationships you have. You know, one of the things that we found with our events is like if you go to a conference, you class these people most of the time as colleagues or co- Network contacts. Delegates. Delegates. We, we actually... <laughs> fellow, fellow delegates. We actually make friends. You know, we go to these things. We host things like Altitude and Summer Camp, and you actually make close friends. Yeah. And I think... And that's, again, part of what we've done with the homeschool, to be able to have people who are sharing and connecting each, with each other on Facebook. And it's, it's actually quite apt that it's on Facebook because it's... It feels like you are building these kind of close relationships while you're trying to think about business. But it's kind of weird because if you're like in a bar or restaurant meeting friends and mm-hmm. friends of friends, you don't call that networking. You're no, just having a conversation exactly. with people, but it's yeah. but it's kind of just people talking to each other. Yeah. you know, it's kind of not that difficult. But not they're just yeah, you're just trying to connect with people really, and uh, and having those connections means maybe opportunities spring up but also having those connections means you're not feeling too lonely and we know you know i think out of our circle of friends we're the only people who are running our own business yeah and and not not many people understand that and no. so if you can't connect with other people who can understand what you're doing there's a good chance that you'll give up because um, it's a low it's a hard pass but it's a especially if, when it's got happy on the front <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell are you doing it's like what's the point of being happy just <laughs> Slog it, you know, do that 95. So, yeah, one of, the, one of the things that we try and do is like to stop people becoming entrepreneurs because we've got to stop you from having this big idea. Just do that 9 to 5, drone on for the next 20 years, retire, uh, maybe tend to a garden with some flowers, die, or maybe get really old, get into Are you a talking home. to anyone in particular here of, just, of our friends? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, this is what it could be yes. if, you, if you look at it. So think of... Can you picture yourself 40 years from now, uh, are you happy or are you in front of a TV? Or oh, actually, what, what is it? are they going to still have TVs in 40 years? No, it'll be a uh, massive iPad. Exactly. Or you'll have, no, you're going to have like some virtual reality goggles. You're going to be sat in a room with another 15, 80-year-olds on a, some dusty sofa <laughs> with some nurse coming around to inject you with some hormone drug to keep you alive. Uh, or you could still be if you take care Keep of yourself yeah if you take care of yourself and and you've got still good relationships with your friends and family you could be out there still doing stuff yeah. working at the age of 80 you know doing stuff you love so rather some than, people would hate the idea of that I think in yeah. terms of like they can't imagine that they would still want to be working at 80 I mean I've, I've met people who were scarily not much older than me who were talking about retiring you know when they get to 50 which it's fine, but then what do you do then? I know, I know. It's like, if you've got an amazing hobby... Unless everyone you know is retiring. Yeah, but even still, it's like, 
What do you do? You go and play golf for the next 40 years? Yeah. Go, I, can't, oh, I can't play golf. So. <laughs> well, but le- learn golf. Learn, learn golf for the next 40 years. Yeah, you're still going to be good then. I can play um, adventure golf, <laughs> which is basically... You can play pool for the next 40 years. Oh, you yeah. love that. You can travel That's another podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of weird. And then this links to... Um, yeah, we hear various stories of people who've kind of messed up in business because they've... You know, to put the company first, basically, links to this topic. Um, Steve Blank wrote a great post a couple of years back about how he kind of made strategic decisions to take time out from startup life to look after his family. And he talked about uh, thinking about your epitaph. So, you know, like mm. he said, when you get to the end of your life, what does that what does that epitaph say? And actually thinking about that now when you set out on that journey, um, which is... <coughs> I wish I ate more ramen noodles. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or I wished I'd got a series A round of funding. Yeah. Um, I wish I spent more time in the office. Um, all of these things that probably won't be said but I think at the time you think it's the most important thing in the world so yeah thinking ahead and thinking actually what will I be measured on Um, Clay Christensen did a a book didn't he or did a good uh, TED talk about how do you measure your life Um, it goes a little bit Christian may I say that (laughs) there's nothing wrong with going a little bit no no there's nothing wrong with that but just as in it it kind of yeah anyway watch it Um, but yeah I think all of these things are good to think about at the beginning when you start out rather than like 20 years on full of regret yeah I think, well knowing that sort of not going again not going too heavy but knowing that life is finite you know so you're going to make just enjoy every single day you can get and try as many things as you can and that's kind of the part of not worrying too much about the future because you never know what's going to happen you can't be too reckless but at the same time you can't be held back by fear of the unknown or fear of not doing the right thing or yeah. Not a fear of failing, essentially. Better to have tried and whatever and that quote is. Yeah. Yeah. Better to have tried and failed, not to have tried at all. Yeah. But on that note, then. Yes. <laughs> get out there, do shit. But what, yeah, to sum it up, the five things were uh, work with amazing people, take on big challenges, focus, take care of yourself, and love those close to you. So. Yeah, worth checking out that post on Medium. It's very short to give you summarise what I think we said. should get um, Jerry Springer to kind of read out these because it would probably sound even better. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, well, well, I, Take I care of yourself and those around you. I can't remember how Jerry Springer sounds, so I can't do that impersonation. I could probably, it's quite a nasal. I could do an Italian Jerry Springer. because no, he does. Okay, that does work. We don't get any lawsuits. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, until next week, we'll be talking shit again. Uh, 70B now into the swear jar yes um, yeah have a good weekend uh, well hopefully a good weekend if I get this podcast out on <laughs> onto SoundCloud and iTunes by the end of the evening if not um, yeah have a good rest of the next few days <laughs> alright thanks for listening catch you later next time take care of yourself and each other.